Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Coming Ashore podcast by the Marine Society. My name's Andrew Cowdroy and on today's episode I have two illustrious guests with me, Daryl and Carla from the Marine Society. We've got Carla who is the head of Seafarer Learning and Daryl who's the director of Seafarer Learning. I will let them introduce themselves because who knows them better than themselves. So Carla, if you could take a few moments to explain what you do here at the Marine Society and a brief background as to what brought you here. Yeah. Okay, so um, as Andrew says, I'm the head of Seafarer Education. I've been with the Marine Society for eight years now. Um, so I've progressed in my role with the charity. I've worked my way up. Um, uh, my background wasn't in the maritime industry, it was more to do with uh, training and development, continued professional development, so I have a great understanding on the development um, and progression of someone throughout their career, um, and I've got a, a great passion for you know, what we do supporting seafarers in their continuing professional development. Can I ask you just at this point, what attracted you to working particularly with the Marine Society and seafarers in particular? Was there any sort of aspect there? Um, it was more to do with the support, not knowing about the industry maritime at all. It was more to do with the support for seafarers in their education and okay. training in progressing further. So to a degree, may I say, taking that expertise that you've had yes. throughout your entire career and transplanting it into the, into the marine, marine sector. sector. Exactly. Good. Yeah. And um, Daryl? Yeah, so I'm relatively new. I joined Marine Society only in August last year. And um, it's a new change from my background, which has mainly been in education and training in the further education sector. But going way back, I started my career in the Merchant Navy, so I feel uh, this is coming home, in a sense, uh, back, to my, back to my roots. So the, the, the appeal was um, to, the, to the role was, you know, it was an education sure. role, but, but also working with, with seafarers and in the maritime community, which I felt uh, quite... Uh, so, so touching on your maritime experience at sea, can you share with our listeners around the world, our colleagues, um, what you did at sea, your role, and, and how long you were at sea for? Oh, well, um, yeah, fairly short-lived. I, I um, joined um, Cunard Steamship Company as a deck cadet, and um, in the, uh, oh, I couldn't say, early 80s, late, late, very late 70s, early 80s, and trained down at Warsash, um, when, it was, when it was at Warsash, um, back in those days, um, College of Nautical Studies, as was, and I did the standard deck cadetship, four-year Spanish sandwich programme and um, sailed on a huge variety of vessels that Cunard had at the time, none of which uh, sadly uh, exists anymore. And, um, and then uh, got my class three certificate uh, and so on, uh, Asian Sea Nautical Science, and then um, did a couple of trips as third mate and then suffered the, the fate of so many people at the time, which was we were all made redundant um, as a result of the flagging out that was going on in the 80s. So a lot of the British fleet was being flagged out, going foreign mm. flag, and so it was a case of you know last in, first out. So um, a lot of my colleagues, uh, you know, having been trained at great expense by these companies, British companies, were were, were just sort of put out, put out. And I did uh, did try to get back um, with foreign flag, um, but I was up against huge competition, people mm. with more experience, and I quickly realised that the the conditions were totally different. So going from a sort of four on two off to nine on three off. Uh, as a contract um, on less pay, you know, just, you know, it wasn't comparable. So, um, 
yeah, that's that's when I actually made this decision to kind of come ashore and pick up a shore. So, so at that point in time, back in the day, you've been at sea, mm. you've experienced that career, you've gone through college as a cadet, you're now an officer, and you're in this difficult position where you want to come ashore. How mm. did you find that setting a course to come ashore? Was did you know where to look? Did you know what you wanted to do? No, no idea. Um, Cunard uh, gave me absolutely no guidance. It was basically hasta la vista, I think, as the term, and it, it was just find my own feet. Um, and then, interestingly, there was a, a company in the town where I lived in Kent. Um, most bizarrely, it was a ship operations company. Uh, and I just noticed the name, uh, Kiervake Shipping, and I thought, that's funny, what's a shipping company doing in this part of the world? And so I just knocked on their door and um, found out that they, they were ship operators, and um, I can't remember how, but I, basically they took me on as a sort of junior ship operator. And um, I couldn't believe it, but the first job they gave me was to operate a ship that I'd actually just come off with Cunard. Wow. It was the most okay. bizarre thing. It was a, it was a, on a, it was a, a reef of, of uh, to frozen food and mm. stuff, and um, so they were managing that particular charter. So I ended up being on the team that was managing those ships and, and speaking to the master who I'd sailed, sailed with not six months before. Wow. So very that must be quite an interesting mm. reflection as to you've, mm. ne- you, you've left this company that you started your career with mm. and now you're operating those vessels. How did you find that, uh, that change from being at sea, working with these colleagues, and now you're sitting inside an office operating those vessels. I mean, that must have been quite a challenging... Yeah. Well, certainly, I mean, I wasn't given full responsibility. Obviously, I was working with a small team. I had a very competent um, sort of <coughs> manager, ship manager, who sort of took me under his wing. And, um, but, it, you know, it was quite natural because everything was related to handling the cargo and sending out message to the ship and um, planning the voyage and so on, all of which I've been involved with, sort of seeing it from the sea uh, uh, on the ship side. So it, it wasn't such a, you know, I didn't feel like I was, you know, uh, out of my depth. I, I picked it up pretty rapidly. Um, I mean, some of the, the sort of legal aspects and the chartering side were, were, were new to me. I wasn't aware. So what I quickly did was um, enrolled uh, with the ICS to do the um, Institute uh, exams, uh, so I was going to night school up in London um, during that time, working towards towards those exams, and subsequently got those and joined the ICS and so on, and uh, moved on from there. So, two incredible people with us in the Marine Society, heading up this coming ashore project. Before we dive into the project, um, Carla, could you give us a bit of a background to what the, where the Marine Society is today? why it was established and what you're looking to do for the future? Um, Well, today we're supporting seafarers as much as we can through a range of educational programmes. That's what our history, you know, steeped in. So it's right through from basic functional skills, right right through to postgraduate qualifications. Um, We're supporting those in the Royal Navy as well as the Merchant Navy. Um, through different educational mm-hmm. programs, um, we because we um, engage with seafarers across the board, um, we we are engaging, providing information, advice, and guidance initially, 
and we have a matrix accreditation on that. And so we do see seafarers asking us these kind of questions about you know, progression to shoreside roles mm -hmm. and to other roles generally. So it's something that we've always been doing. And we wanted to formalise it because we'd hear seafarers tell us, oh, you know, I don't know where to go for the information, I'm coming to you. Or they're getting bits of information from all sorts of places and there's not one place that will pull all this information together. So we thought that, well, if we're giving support and information on this type of thing anyway for progression, let's formalise it and, and then publicise it. That's a coming ashore project that yeah. now Daryl yeah. and myself are yeah. working on, actually all of us here at the Society. Yeah. Yeah. So would I say correctly that the Marine Society is very much a education-backed um, charity. Yes, that, that, That's where the, the, the nuts and the bolts of it yeah. are to yeah. provide that onward yeah. progression yeah. into a career. I mean, our job. ethos is to support the professional and personal development okay. of seafarers. That's, mm. that's what we do. Okay. So, yeah. So, can you elaborate on sort of some of the examinations and sort of what, what would be required mm. in that course change, perhaps? Um, so, with regard to examinations, it, it depends on what the CFR is, what, because as you know, there's a vast variety of roles. No two CFRs are the same. You know, they've, they've, got, they've reached certain levels of qualifications, they want to go on to other things. And so, when a CFR comes to us, we kind of assess what they want, what they need, and then where they carry on. We, work a lot alongside colleges, other charities, so that we can signpost them in the right direction of maybe a course provider um, or another charity that might be able to help, or even employers, where they can get the help that they need. But we try to pull all of that information together so that we are able to help them. We also offer financial assistance. So there's that side of things as well, where we're given the financial support to, to seafarers where possible and to a limit um, to help them progress as well. So if, a, if anybody at sea is watching or listening to this mm -hmm. podcast and they are interested in, when you say that financial support, because we know ourselves in this room and around the world that there are a lot of seafarers who need that, that financial yeah. support. Yeah. Where, where, yeah, how do they start to understand where to get that information? Who yeah. do they speak to? Is there a dedicated portal or person? Well, first and foremost, we suggest that they kind of speak with their employer about, you know, what development opportunities are there to progress within, you know, the organisation they're working for. Um, and if they, because, Sometimes they'll, they'll not get the level of support that they need or there's a limited funding, limited resources, we understand that. So um, if they cannot get sufficient advice or support from their employer, um, they will often come to us and say, this is the situation I'm in, I need this qualification to progress. Um, and so we will help as much as we can. Um, it's not always possible that we can help because we only have limited Absolutely. resources, obviously, but we can signpost to other charities that may be giving out funding, government funding, <coughs> colleges that are offering particular courses that they need. So it, it's a, you know, a vast array of um, resources out there that we can try and help provide if we can't support them ourselves. 
So thank you very much, Carla. That was extremely interesting. So first off, if somebody's looking after they've gone through that process that you just explained mm -hmm. and they want to seek financial support, mm -hmm. visit the Marine Society's website. Yeah. And also just if they want advice on where they can go to do a course or what's the next level of progression up, you know, we, we, we provide yeah. support there. Now there is quite a substantial change. So Dara, now we've got this program of Wolf as former seafarers. Uh, now we're putting together this coming ashore program. Can you sort of elaborate more on the shape that's going to take and how that's really going to help somebody at sea start a new career on sh at shore? And and how and just dive a bit more into that. Yeah. Well, interestingly, this is not a new initiative in the sense that it has been around for decades. In fact, I picked up a book the other day uh, in the office called Coming Ashore by Michael Gray, dated 1980. Um, so, wow. you know, this has been discussed and written about for a long time, is what support is there for seafarers who want to come shoreside? What, what do they need to do? What roles are there? What do they training they need? Where do they go? And so on. So... Um, it was actually instigated more recently in 2016 through a project called Ulysses um, that came out of um, UK Maritime Growth Study that basically said the recommendation that there needed to be far more support for uh, yes. seafarers coming ashore. So um, there was a lot of high-level buy-in to yes. this, uh, Nautilus and MNTP and other big representative bodies yes, very much supporting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's felt Marine Society was the best place charity to take this on. Okay. Um, so fast forward to 2019 or end of 2019 and, and uh, we finally um, triggered the funding um, that we originally sought to, to actually get the project up and running. Mm -hmm. And what the, that funding will now enable us to do is to basically buy resources and, you know, whether it's through all channels, social media, online and face to face that is going to be a, a, a sort of one-stop shop for <coughs> seafarers who Amazing. you know are thinking um, and uh, you know, actually giving them something tangible so it's it won't just be you know advice online it will be you know mentors professional industry Amazing. people who, who are willing to give their time um, who as you know are already sort of signing up commitment from and they're also going to release you know podcasts like this that will we'll just give detail about their particular role say whether it's Ship superintendency, port operative, chartering, legal, brokerage, brokerage, you know, all of these aspects will be covered in, in time. So, so yeah, what we're hoping is that, um, you know, a seafarer contemplating a shoreside role will be able to come to us at the Marine Society and, and, and actually kind of have a sort of hand-holding um, support making that change over however, however long it takes them. Mm -hmm. So that's... So there's, there's, there's really no limit to the time that the Marine Society is able to provide support to a seafarer coming ashore? Uh, I mean, ideally, it's not, it's not about looking at the length of time, it's about providing them the resource to get them to where they want to go, because they won't want it long and drawn Absolutely. out. They're, they'll want to have access to, like Daryl says, mentoring or, you know, courses or course providers. Um, um, like uh, employment agency, work, work experience, experience and so on. So all of these different types of resources that can get them to where they want to be. We've found that it's not only those who have come to the end of their career at sea and want to transition ashore, but now more of the younger generation don't want to spend as a longer period at sea anymore. They've got young families, you know, they want to change jobs 
more frequently. Mm -hmm. So they may only stay at sea for five years rather than 30 years and then come ashore and find work shore side. So it's not just about you know, more experienced seafarers coming ashore. It's about the, you know, the younger generation who spends a shorter time at sea and then come ashore. So we're going to be dealing with a wider variety of seafarers, different levels of experience um, to support them to transition ashore. So, so that really answers what I was about to ask next, because many seafarers, uh, yourselves listening to this, may be considering, is, is the programme right for me? I may be a rating, uh, yeah. living in the Philippines or an American mm -hmm. as an officer. Mm -hmm. So really you're saying that this program is open to absolutely everybody yeah. Yeah, and um, free of charge. Is that right? And, and yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what um, the point about who is it open to, I mean, there's a perception, mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly, mm -hmm. that we're just targeting this at, at Master Mariners, Chief Engineer. So right. we need to be very clear that, that you know, there will be a, an onboarding process using... Um, form of a, like a decision tree, uh, which will be a sort of a series of questionnaires, questions that, that will direct people th to a particular route. So the outcome of, of the decision tree will say, th this is the best path. So whether you are a rating, so you go and you input the, the information about the qualifications you have, the experience, and that the, the, the software will determine the best path for you. So it will self-adjust uh, Mm -hmm. to you know the guidance that comes out the other end as it were yeah. that's just the starting point because then yeah. then out of that will come the personal contact yeah. um there is a cost there is an implication in that the project is funded um, initially for a year so in terms of providing um, these facilities and resources and some of the, the, the training aspects that, you know that that is limited we, we will hopefully move to a a sustainable, you know, more of a kind of subscription model where, um, you know, we have partner organisations who, who stand to benefit from people coming ashore, um, you know, we will start to ask them to contribute to keep the, you know, the, the facility going and, and we, indications are that they, they'll be very willing to do that because it's a win-win, you know, yeah, that's right. see the but benefits to their organisations. Yeah, there are many, you know, companies and sectors ashore mm -hmm. that benefits hugely from seafarers' experience into the shoreside role. So they're actually looking out for these seafarers that are coming ashore. Yeah. You know, so it, it's really important. Plus we've got seafarers who, some who know what they want to do when they come ashore. And there's going to be some who don't know. They want to come ashore, but they don't know what they want to do. So the profiling that I was talking about, the decision tree will help them and point them in directions Absolutely. of consideration of possible roles that they can take up so that their, their skills from being at sea are not going to waste. Yeah, so a, for a seafarer coming ashore to be part of the programme, there's not necessarily any cost. However, it is supported by the industry as a whole. Yes. Yeah, we don't want to put barriers. It's it's free at the point of entry, and uh, as, as you know, it will evolve, no doubt, Absolutely. Um, in time. But uh, you know, the need is is so great out there that we, we don't want to be too selective at the moment. You know, we want to get mm -hmm. the thing up and running and see what response we get, yeah. and then tailor it from there. Well, an exciting few months, three mm -hmm. years ahead of us for the Marine Society. Mm -hmm. Before we shoot off, mm -hmm. before we finish off, and I thank you both very much for your time. Mm -hmm. Carla and Daryl, both separately, if you had one piece of advice other than going to the Marine Society's website for coming ashore to any seafarer, what would, Daryl, perhaps you start because yeah, you're um, a seafarer. I mean, I, I would, what I would say is use the, use the time in between, you know, uh, 
trips abroad. You know, we use that that leave time to 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 train, to to look at opportunities, to try and get um, you know uh, just scope out what what opportunities there might be. Maybe visit a uh, an industry ashore in the city somewhere or whatever. But just just use that time to uh, build up maybe your management skills, your CV, or, and so you're not just left with nothing ready, but, but you know, use that time productively, so it prepares you. Thank you very much. That's, that's, that's actually what I was uh. going to say. No, that, that's excellent <laughs> advice, because you don't want to be starting from scratch at the point when you're mm. ready to come ashore. So that's excellent advice about preparing yourself in small ways whilst you're still at sea, keeping your continuing professional development up to date. Thank you very much. So for more information on the Marine Society's Coming Ashore pro programme, please visit the Marine Society website. In the coming months, there's going to be new videos coming live online, Instagram. Be sure to follow us, follow us and subscribe on YouTube and on the podcast channels wherever you're listening around the world. My name's Andrew Cameron. I must thank you once again very much, Daryl and Carla, for your time. Thank, thank you. you.